We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And this week, Brooklyn and I have a discussion about Russia once again, and some of the goings on and some speculation, as well as some noted facts that are in the news and what exactly might be going on over in Russia today. So let's listen in. All right, Brooke. So today you wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on in Russia. And there's a lot of things going on in Russia. As 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 we see supposedly an attempted coup today, yep. I noticed that Putin said that the Wagner group did not actually exist, uh, which was yep. kind of a surprise. People disappearing and people falling out of windows, which seems to be a, a this as you as we were talking before, a Monty Python trend uh, yes. that, you know, just stay away. From, if you live in Russia, please stay away from the windows, because obviously yes. that's a terribly dangerous place to be. So what are you thinking? Well, and don't eat or drink anything <laughs> because it might be poison. Um, there, there's that. Yes. And don't breathe either, I guess. Yeah, I just as with anything that comes out of the Putin regime this the uh, with no clear succession the way we have here in the United States where if something happens to the president the vice president takes charge something happens to the vice president i believe the speaker of the house is next something happens to him there is an, another person and another person and so on and so on and so on there is a clear line of succession for who will be in charge of the government well for putin there there is no such succession i just i i have my mouth open Prigozhin, who was the head of the wagner group which putin now says does not exist and perhaps putin means as a fighting force so, so a couple of weeks ago Prigozhin mounted a coup Prigozhin had been apparently incredibly angry at Sergei Shoigu and Valery Gerasimov, whom he apparently blamed for lying to Putin and telling Putin that the war in Ukraine was going fine and uh, that there was plenty of ammunition. And Prigozhin said, in fact, that the war was not fine and that he and his fighters had no ammunition and that both these individuals should be gotten rid of as well as as uh, Sorovikin. Uh, and Sorovikin, by the way, is also known as uh, General Armageddon. He was the one who had the idea of targeting the Ukrainian power plants over the wintertime to deprive people of light and heat. Prigozhin occupied Rostov-on-Don and had photos taken with apparently supportive uh, individuals who lived there, tanks in the streets and so on, and went marching off down a major highway toward Moscow and got within, I believe, 200 miles of Moscow, then apparently decided that he was not in fact going to go all the way to Moscow, that his ob ob objective had been achieved and he was gonna, not going to spill any Russian blood. He was going to turn around and leave peacefully. And so they did. Meantime, Putin pardoned everybody, supposedly. I mean, that was what Putin said. Everybody was pardoned 
and that Prigozhin would be able to go to Belarus, he would be in exile, he would be safe, the Wagner fighters could go home peacefully, they could join the Russian army, and they could, uh, or they could uh, go to Belarus and remain Wagner fighters. And apparently what made Prigozhin so angry was that the Wagner group was going to be absorbed into the regular Russian army, and that General Shoigu was going to be in charge, including over Prigozhin, and Prigozhin is a contractor and a project manager. He has no combat experience, but he's apparently very, very good at contracting and managing. He is at the front and at the head of his men, who apparently respect him, or at least did respect him. Now, whether he, Prigozhin, had or thought he had the support of someone in Putin's government to have mounted a coup, and he ex- and he expected internal political support that was in fact not forthcoming, is not clear. Prigozhin supposedly went to Belarus. Peace between Prigozhin and Putin was supposedly negotiated by the Belarusian president. However, to my knowledge, that is in fact not true. One of Putin's aides actually negotiated that peace. The Belarusian president took credit for it or was allowed to take credit for it. Somehow, Putin, instead of looking very strong, has wound up looking incredibly weak. Putin has fled Moscow and has gone into hiding who knows where. Prigozhin supposedly went to Belarus. According to the Belarusian president, he is not there. He went back to Russia. According to the Russians, he went to Belarus. Now, my understanding is that he has been detained. He has been arrested. No one has seen Gerasimov anywhere. Suvovkin has apparently been detained. And no one knows where he is either. No one either is clear really about what the word detained means. And in uh, the Russian government or the Russian military context, that could mean anything from you are in jail and being tortured or or you've been killed already, or we're just sitting with you in your house and we're supposedly having a good time. Uh, but you can't leave your house. And the other person who has gone missing, to the best of my knowledge, and I haven't been able to find any more information on where he went for weeks now, is Dmitry Medvedev. Medvedev became president and Putin became the prime minister. They switched roles. At one point, Medvedev had been Putin's prime minister while Putin was president. Medvedev had been very friendly to the West, then he became very hawkish and was saying, oh, the West needs to be, we need to have, we need to bomb them, we need to use nuclear weapons. Medvedev was demoted and given a security council position, apparently. Putin never allowed him to become prime minister or, any, or anything particularly important. Again, as far as I understand, after 2012, Medvedev, after attempted coup, got on a plane and flew, or at least his plane flew to Oman. From my understanding, the plane flew to Oman and landed in Oman. Medvedev did not get off the plane. Whether Medvedev, I 
think Medieta was seen to get on the plane, but I'm honestly not sure about that. But Medvedev never got off the plane. The plane never went anywhere. So whether Medvedev actually got on the plane is not clear. And no one is sure whether he's in Oman, sitting in his plane, whether he was ushered off the plane and no one said anything, whether he actually got on the plane or where Medvedev actually is. And I don't know. I haven't found any more information. So I'm very curious where he is as well. Uh, he seems to have fallen off the radar. So we've got at least three people missing. And you mentioned some falling out of windows back in January, I believe it was, of 2023. A vice president of a bank, and I cannot remember the woman's name, this is a woman, fell out, apparently, of her apartment window in Moscow. I believe it was in Moscow, and died. I thought that was very interesting. I saw that that I don't believe that was on a news report uh, where anyone talked about it. I found that on a um, on a written report, uh, like the Guardian from the UK, I think it was. This young woman, she was 28, 29 years old, and she supposedly fell out her window of her apartment. Oh, and uh, also, to the best of my knowledge, the... Russian military have actually mined the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. I have not kept up with what's going on with that or with the reservoir level of the power plant, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Trying to find as much information about where these the three missing people are, that's the latest, and also nobody seems really to know where Putin is, except that he has, like many very strong dictators, disappeared as quickly as possible to prevent himself from being killed. I think the common theme of this whole thing is, is that nobody really knows anything of what's going on over there. Everything is basically speculation. The news that we get is extremely sketchy. It is definitely contradictory. So it's hard to really tell. But one of the things when we talk about and then we were, we were talking about uh, the Monty Python-ish idea of people falling out of windows. Uh, Newsweek has a list of people who have fallen out of windows since Putin took power. Uh, Marina Yankina, who was a Russian defense official, was found dead. It says on Wednesday, Pavel Antov, who criticized the, the invasion of Ukraine, was found dead after a fall from window in India. December 25th, 2022. And again, if I if I butcher some of these names, my Russian it just is not all that good. Uh, Ravil, uh, Ravil, R-A-V-I-L, Meganov, chairman of the Russian oil giant, giant uh, Luke Oil, uh, was found dead September 1st, 2022, after falling from a, get this one, hospital window. I don't know too many hospitals where the windows open. There are definitely more, but this, these are the three that were kind of the big ones uh, that were highlighted by Newsweek and are even called it Russian Southern Sudden Death Syndrome by window. I, I mean, there's just so many different articles here. I don't even know how to, uh, how to describe it. Uh, but they also give the list of, I, and again, if you, if you go to Wikipedia, who sometimes it's correct, sometimes it's not. Leon, Leonard Schumann, uh, who was director of transportation, January 30th, 2022, he committed suicide, supposedly. Igor Nosov, uh, CEO of the Far East Arctic Development Corporation, uh, suffered a stroke, supposedly. I mean, there's just this huge list 
of people. And the list I'm looking at in from 2022, this is from 2022, it lists around about 20 people. And in 2023, it lists probably another 15. So, I mean, we're talking quite a few, quite a few people that have mysteriously died suddenly. You kind of look at this and you say to yourself, all right, are all the leadership of, of Russia just simply accident prone? Is that is that what we're supposed to believe? And I I don't know, but like I say, it's I'm sure that this is the reporting. This is the reporting comes out of Russia as to why these people have all died. Does it seem suspicious? Yes. If this was happening in the United States, would there be an outcry? Uh, absolutely. If three congressmen all suddenly fell out of a window, or the head of ExxonMobil, even a vice president of ExxonMobil fell out of a window, and there was this consistent, they were they were opponents to either a government policy or opponents to a high-ranking government official, we would all be looking at this and saying, wait a minute, something just is not right. Uh, and I'm, I'm very surprised uh, that the people of Russia don't look at this, but we don't know what kind of information they get. We have no idea. They might not even know any of this has happened. They may not know that we think that Putin's missing. They may not even know it. Even we don't know it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, we can't say, you know, with any definitive proof, he's missing. But it's reported that he is from different outlets. So you begin to wonder. I mean, it's hard enough in the United States where you've got a lot of misinformation, which is much different than disinformation. Misinformation is you're just getting it wrong. And disinformation is you know you're getting it wrong and you're putting it out there. You don't know if we're, we're getting misinformation that we just don't know. And then they're putting out in Russia disinformation or no information at all, which is in really almost the same, almost equally as, as bad. So you, you begin to wonder, and I mean, I'm looking at some of these names on here, State Secretary and Deputy Minister of Science and Higher Education of the Russian Federation, oil magnate, co-founder of Urals Energy, co-owner of the Belgian oil company. These are just not everyday citizens. These are people that are former police general in charge of cracking down on anti-war protesters, head of the financial support department for the Ministry of Defense, an oil magnate, a deputy direct state secretary and deputy minister of science, a federal judge, physicist, and co-creator of the Soviet hydrogen bomb, head of the Department for Work and, and Corporate Clients, prosecutors, minister of transportation and communications for Belarus, Russia's consul general in the capital of Crimea. Just this whole list. These are just not everyday citizens, and there's nothing definitive. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Navalny who was poisoned on a plane. These, these all sound very suspicious, as you say, and there are a tremendous number of important people and in a very close time frame. It, it truly is just from, and I, I'm just looking at the list right now, three in July so far, and we're only at the 14th of July, three in June. May was a good month for them. They only had one. April was a good month, only had one. March was even a better month. Nobody died. February, they lost three. January, they lost three. To go back to 2022, December, they lost six. You got to look at this and you got to say, what in the heck is going on over there? I think we know what's going on. We have a good suspicion of what's going on. This, it's like something out of a Tom Clancy novel. And it's so obvious. It's almost comical. Yes. Yeah. And you start to realize, I mean, these are not just names. These are human beings. 
with families and so forth, they're just dropping and they're not that old. And if you look at them, they're connected. Yes. I mean, Pavel Antov, he, he's one of the ones that, that, uh, that fell out of a building or whatever. Uh, Vladimir uh, Bedinov, who was a business associate and travel companion of Pavel Antov, he died of heart problems. Now, he's 61. Died of heart problems, though reportedly had no prior history. Uh, two days later, his close companion died at the same hotel under suspicious circumstances. Don't have to be Jacques Clouseau to look at this and say, there, there really is a problem here. Like I say, if you live in Russia, stay. if you're, if you're anybody, stay away from a window. Probably don't want to eat anything. And please don't get on a plane. Don't even go to a hospital because there, there's no safety there. Uh, there's really no safety anywhere. So yeah, don't cross the road. Yeah, I mean, don't walk, don't cross the road. Don't be like the chicken to cross the road just to get to the other side because you probably won't make it. It almost goes back to the Great Purge during Stalin. Like I said, if this was happening in Canada, if this yep. was happening in the United Kingdom, if this was happening in Germany, if this was happening in the United States, if this was happening anywhere else other than, let's say, uh, North Korea, even China, I don't think could could get away with this. You know, maybe in Iran, Syria, maybe places like this. I don't understand it. As you say, it's it's it is like a purge, just like a Stalin or an Ivan the Terrible type of elimination. A few people here, a few people there, a few people there, but it's a steady, continuous flow of people disappearing and being murdered. Nobody in Russia asks the question. Maybe maybe it's it's logical because if you ask the question, you might be the next. Again, it's it's almost impossible to get to the bottom of of any of this. And I think that that really is the most important bottom line of this. It is such. To, if anybody says that the Iron Curtain is gone, they're wrong. It still exists. It has always existed, and it is even deeper now than it was back when Churchill said a great iron curtain has descended upon, you know, the Soviet Union. Well, Brooklyn, we will continue to look, although we probably won't find any, anything more. I think but this is one of those things that 100 years from now, it's sort of like the purge of, of, of uh, uh, Stalin. It took 50 years before that really came to light and people saw exactly what had happened during that time period. And I think it's going to be another one of those cases, just like, you know, as so many other things in the world today. Um, which it, means it, we won't live to see it. Which, you know what? And I'm okay with that. I am. I'd like to I, know. I, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know, but I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, the fact is, is that it's pretty obvious to me, what's going on. Uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to have a PhD to look at this and say, there's something fishy about all this. Yes, it would be, it would be great to know, but fact is, is that I, I would be willing to bet that it'll probably take 50 years after Putin is long, long gone. And then it all depends on who comes into power next as to whether or not any of this will come to light. But you're right. We won't live. Through, we won't live to see it. And I, I know you're not, but I'm okay with that. So, that's all the time we have for for this week. Always good to talk to you, Brooke. Yes, and it's great to speak with you, Mark, as always. And next week we will dig into something else. Dig into, maybe we'll dig into something that, like, we can actually say, yes, this is going on. 
That would be nice. All right. So the watchword this week, uh, Brooke, is stay away from windows if you're in Russia. Yep. Don't cross the street. Yep. And uh, don't eat any borscht because if you do, you never know what will happen to you. That's right. All right. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you. Okay. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. So that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions for their fall 2023 edition. Call for papers information can be found in the description. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium offering solutions for social issues through multidisciplinary and unbiased research. And BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society podcast. Finally, PodKite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to remind everyone that the Nova Society podcast is now available on our new YouTube channel. We encourage everyone to check out the channel and like and subscribe. The link can be found in our description. Remember, the power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Brooklyn Ann Weldon and all of us here at the Nova Society podcast, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time.